I admire your luck, Mr. Bond. James Bond. This never happened to the other fellow. For your eyes only, darling. Whoever she was must have scared the living daylights out of her. What of you? Hello and welcome to another episode of For Your Ears Only, Optimus Vaccine's ongoing James Bond podcast. If you joined us for our last episode, you probably know we've hit something of an existential crisis. Uh, we, we ran out of Bond movies. Um, the whole point was to count down to Bond 25, No Time to Die, but a uh, little thing called COVID happened, you might have heard of it, and uh, it's kind of held up uh, that movie coming out. So we decided, well, why why let a good thing die? Let's uh, check out some of the Bond imitators and parodies and just kind of weird other also rands within the kind of Bond multiverse. Uh, so last week that brought us to a film starring Sean Connery's brother. Uh, so that was not as good an idea as it sounds like. It doesn't sound like a good idea. It sounds like it could be a funny movie. It isn't, but so be it. Uh, we got much better innings this week. We're talking about For Your Height Only, and to talk about that, I'm joined, of course, by Jake Trapila. As ever, Jake, how are you doing? Hey, Jack, I'm doing fine, thanks. Um, question, if a scientist developed something called the N-bomb, do you think they could rid this world of COVID? Uh, you know, I feel like a lot of people have developed the N-bomb, and it's rarely ended well for them. But yeah. uh, we, we shall see. Uh, speaking of the end bomb, uh, Steve, Steve Koff. <laughs> <laughs> that was a what cruel you, What are you insinuating with that? I don't... <laughs> Jack Flawless segue easing at work. That's that was, good. That was just really good. Steve are you, are you pre-canceling me? I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Um, definitely do not enjoy racial slurs of any kind. Uh, so just so everybody knows, that's not for me at all um I'm, I'm doing good we're really glad you came on the show for that that's really it's really been good this is not this is not a good setup for me i feel i feel like matt gates on like tucker carlson right now i just <laughs> <laughs> no that was that was entirely a setup that was extremely cruel but it's okay because it's all fun from here on out because we are talking about the fabulous for your height only filipinos uh the greatest Filipino film ever made, perhaps. Certainly, probably the most famous, somehow. Mm -hmm. Which is extremely a strange quirk of the film industry. Um, but, but Steve, for your height only, for, for anyone who's not aware of what this is, what, what is it? Um, well, it's probably like a top ten James Bond movie for me, even though I don't think it's official canon. <laughs> um, it is basically... A Filipino exploitation, low-budget riff on a traditional James Bond film. So there is a super spy played by Wang Wang, and he is uh, he's Agent Double O, and he is fighting bad guys and saving women. And the twist here is, wouldn't you know, Wang Wang is only two and a half feet tall. So it makes things a little, little bit different, I'd say. Quite different, yeah. It's, it's definitely a... a shift in tradition here yes uh, and we should add like when this is not we're not talking special effects wang wang was actually a man who was i believe two foot nine inches tall officially yeah um, but also a a skilled martial artist in his own right so you know he brings that to the table and he is basically uh yeah he's he's the filipino secret services best man 
He's the guy who's got to take down uh, is Mr. Giant, our uh, kind of masked uh, villain who has developed the the aforementioned N-bomb, which he's going to use to uh, take over the world. He's Mm -hmm. kidnapped a doctor to that end. So enter Wang Wang with a host of gadgets, as you would expect from any good appropriate James Bond film. You would have a bunch of uh, gadgets. And um, yeah, this is <laughs> this is surprisingly enjoyable. It's it's a pretty um pretty pacey element. I feel like action packed only be really just kind of doesn't even begin to describe this. It feels like every second scene in this movie is like a fight sequence. Uh, it just oh, it never yeah. lets up. Incredible stuff. The key is the way it's edited. It's it's not edited for actual like pacing or rhythm or continuity even it's basically edited in a way where as soon as your mind starts to wander or wander away from a scene, it just, instead of letting you get bored, it just cuts to something different and then you're engaged again. Um, and it's, it's hilarious. I, I mean, if you want to talk about disorienting jump cuts, my God, <laughs> the editing is not just to move things along, but also to save Wang Wang's life. Because when he first encounters Irma, our female agent, he saves her from a sniper, or rather, a jump cut in the film saves them both from the bullet, <laughs> and they get it's away safely. Incredible stuff. <laughs> it's, That's it's the greatest glorious. gadget of all. Yeah, this is like the most I've laughed at any movie we've watched for any of these, including Diamonds Are Forever, which I love. But this is just a mm. total blast of, of of beautiful Bond riffs and gadgetry and villainy, and all the elements are there, and it's just so exhilarating and packed in a pint-sized package it's only like 87 minutes long everybody like go out and watch this movie it's incredible i had a good really time. Yeah, what, what's what strikes me about this film is i mean we talk exploitation and certainly our lead man wang wang is you know he's he's two foot nine he's he's built different to most people he's kind of an unusual figure in a in a film just generally um but this film is oddly, I don't, it's oddly exhilarating in how they treat Wang Wang because it's like there's people comment that he's small, but at the same time he just kicks ass constantly, handles himself, does everything. His height is always uh, an advantage to him, but it's not like the whole movie is like bending over backwards to make a big deal out of him being very short. I mean, he just fights regular sized people and beats them through choreography and you know better sharpshooting and stuff um Mm -hmm. it's kind of a strangely kind of utility like kind of like level playing field that they're presenting here it doesn't feel icky and exploitative in a way that maybe it could have yeah my favorite thing about it is that his signature move that he does like three times is where he just sort of throws himself on the ground and slides on his back so that he can pop around a corner and shoot a guy uh, every time he does that, like I, I wanted to just cheer in my living room. It, it's fantastic. They, they really, they really sling him for those. And point out again, <laughs> Wang Wang does his all his own stunts in this movie, and some of this shit is dangerous. I mean, he jumps off a wall at one point, and fine, it's like it's a ten foot wall, but he's like two and a half feet tall. Um, so that's like jumping off like a twenty foot wall for a regular person and like doesn't even roll oh, yeah. the bomb just like jumps and just like bends his knees a little and on his way um he's a surprisingly dynamic lead man um so yeah it, it's <laughs> i don't know it's it's just a strangely exhilarating kind of fun uh, actioner that then just i mean like i say alternates between 
between discussions of gadgets and then just mowing down hordes of henchmen. I don't even know what the body count is on this thing. It's just like they kill so many people. Uh, Doctor or Mr. X. Sorry, I don't think uh, Mr. Mr. Giant. I don't think Mr. he went Giant. to. Uh, yeah, he didn't go to to evil university. He's not a doctor. I keep keep mixing it up. But uh, yes, it's uh, there's a surprising number of like subplots in this. There's a drug plot with drugs in bread loaves of bread that they they do there's a kidnapped doctor who was the guy who designed the n-bomb that they have to they have to rescue he picks up yeah. irma along the way who's his uh, female sidekick he romances a woman in a hotel room uh, there's a disco for some reason for several okay that, that you just you just glossed <laughs> over one of the craziest parts because in that hotel room scene he's like he's in the middle of an action ch- like chase sequence yeah and this is right before he jumps off of like a 20-story building with an umbrella and lands safely on the ground but in the middle of all the action he sees a woman in, in her bedroom and he decides i'm gonna you know let's pause the action for a little smooching and then i'm gonna get back to business you know he treats his women well Oh yeah, hero. I mean, this uh, honestly, it fits in really with the uh, the whole 007 thing. You know, it's ridiculous, but frankly, it's uh, it's 007's kind of the same thing. So why not? Why not do it? Um, Steve, have you seen this before? Were you like, what's your your familiarity with this whole thing? So this was I I saw this a long time ago, like ten years ago, probably or maybe longer, and. I was tipped off to it because it was it became like an early Internet meme thing. Like, you know how there weren't really memes in 2008? There was just like weirdly popular things. And it wasn't like now where there's a new like main character on Twitter that we all dunk on for 24 hours and then they just kind of disappear. Or, you know, there's some meme that's around for two days and then you just never think about it again. Back then, I, I sound like an old person, but... This was at a time where like there's there's only like one popular Internet thing every three months. And then we just we just kind of stick with that for a long time. So this was the Internet thing for a little bit. And like Will Ferrell got really excited about Wang Wang. And it was I don't know. It was it was weird. But there was a point in time where people really enjoyed Wang Wang. And so they would share like YouTube clips from this movie. And I had to hunt down the actual copy of it. And the great thing is, is. You know, people shared all these clips from For Your Height Only and the sequel, The Impossible Kid. But these movies are so just jam-packed and overflowing with ridiculous, entertaining bullshit that you can't spoil it. Like, it's not like you're going to watch a clip show and be like, I've seen all I need to see. No, there's something here that you have not seen yet. It's fucking magical. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it's it's worth mentioning, for first off, if you were searching for this film... For some reason, uh, the O in your has been dropped with an apostrophe. I don't know why. So it's for your height only, but your is Y apostrophe U or. So factor that into your web searches just in case. Don't know why they did that. Uh, This is actually the second uh, Agent 00 film. Uh, There was originally a film called Agent 00, which I think is lost now or partially lost, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of the strange vagaries of the Filipino film industry through this era that, uh, for your eyes only, is literally the biggest sensation of Filipino cinema. It is the most exported, the most sold, the most widely seen, probably, Filipino film in existence. Meanwhile, about a half at least of Wang Wang's other films are, like, lost or partially lost. They've lost parts of them or audio. Um 
it's it's a strange thing. This one just seemed to just be like a magic bullet that emerged and just sort of like just shot into the stratosphere. This was wildly popular when it was originally released in 1981 as well. It sold out to to Europe and Asia and into America. Yeah, I, I don't even know what what the analog to this would be. It would almost be like, I guess the American equivalent would be like in 1981. Uh, or what? I, 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 let's say E.T., okay? Imagine if E.T., which was wildly popular and played internationally and was probably the biggest movie in America the year it came out, which may have been 1981 or maybe 83, 82, I don't know. The point is, imagine if it was a movie that popular in America and then we're just like, oh, we lost E.T. We don't know what we did with it. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. Or the first Austin Power movies. <laughs> yeah. God, it's it's ridiculous. I should. I want to just sort of praise the uh, the efforts of Wang Wang himself um, because I mean this is a, this is a very silly movie. There's no denying that, but he sells everything with just this really admirable stone faced conviction. Uh, like he's he's never really winking at the camera. He's always. I mean, he does a little bit when he get when he gets like the little the, the X ray glasses, which would save his life one time. He he kind of like has a little <laughs> smile as he checks out the secretaries with them. But like otherwise, he is he is like mini Buster Keaton in all of his scenes. He is like implacable. It's incredible. And we should mention that uh, in a in a great contrast to our last film, uh, Operation Kid Brother or uh, freaking OK Connery, whatever you call it, uh, that <laughs> film partially fails because uh, Connery is horribly dubbed by some guy who sounds nothing like him. But here, Wang Wang is dubbed by somebody who should only dub movies going forward. Like the choice to like, <laughs> to like the voice that they get to, to dub him over uh, is insane that that cleared. And you guys mentioned, cause you both, I believe rented this through legal means. I watched the, uh, the Mondo Macabro uh, DVD that I bought uh, last sale. They had, uh, you said, watch the dub version if you can. And then when I popped in the DVD, there is no choice for any other version. So the dub version is the only version <laughs> And we hear Wang Wing's voice for the first time, and he sounds like this. Why are they trying to kill you? <laughs> it's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. It, is, it reminds me a lot like Manos, the Hands of Fate. They're like post-dubbing where they just clearly got an adult to do a kid's voice, which is weird because Wang Wing's not a child. That's like a, kind of an important part of the whole movie. Uh, everyone is dubbed really weird in this thing. Like the, some of the oh gangsters just found like they sound like, you know, Los Angeles, like Hispanic gangsters for some reason. The decisions were made. I don't understand any of them, but it kind of lends itself to the beauty of the whole project. It, it really is great because the gang is it, they're They're just like Filipino guys in their 30s. OK, there's not a, a lot going on here. It's pretty much the same across the board. And yet when they were dubbing it, they're like, we need the United Nations of comically generic uh, voices here. <laughs> so like there's one guy that just he just talks like Speedy Gonzalez. There's another guy who sounds like Casey Kasem. There's another guy who's just like, oh, you dirty rat. Oh, wang wang. It's like, what the fuck, man? Like it, it's, <laughs> it's it's hilarious because it, it doesn't feel like like they're not doing it as like a piss take thing. It's just like. That's what they thought they were supposed to do. And, and the same thing with Wang Wang. Like he, there's, there's a lot of comedy to what he's doing, but he's playing everything straight and serious. And the fact that he's two foot nine, that's never really a joke. There's a, full time, there's a, few, a few times where guys are like, oh, let's get that little guy or whatever. 
But for the most part, you could swap in a, a, you know, a six foot tall man and it really wouldn't fundamentally change the script that much. It wouldn't be as good of a movie, but Wang Wang just, he, he commands the space that he is in. He's amazing in this role and he's hilarious, but it completely supersedes the fact that he's just like, oh, it's the James Bond with the little guy movie. It's, it's, it's so much bigger than that. It's, it's really, really amazing to be honest. You could reach, you could read like just reinsert Roger Moore into this movie and it would not, none of it would feel out of place. But um, I, I should yeah. mention that one dub line uh, does sort of address his stature where he does his little slidey on the floor trick. He, he puts a little too much English on it. So he slides and bumps his head into a wall. Then he grabs his head and the dub voice goes, ow, my little head. Like he had to, <laughs> had to say he has a little head, not just ow, my head. Yeah, he's he's self-aware. All of his lines. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it is funny because it's like, um, I mean, they lock him in a box at one point, and that's just because I mean he would fit in the box and uses like a laser to escape because there are little explosive things like to escape. But yeah, like at no point at no point is there like they don't take him lightly because he's a smaller guy. Like if anything, they're like he's the greatest threat to our operation. Like absolutely, it's just like he's just the best damn secret agent they have. And it's in the same kind of vein. I think it's a really funny analog for James Bond in that, um, you know, their Secret Service top agent is a two foot tall, a two foot nine man, just like in who wears pretty much a white like leisure suit thing for the almost the entirety of the movie. Um, with little white boots that actually have lifts on them. Uh, if you look at the like the, the soles on them are, are a little bit high, just give him like a little a little extra boost, which also holds a blade, one of his gadgets. So you know maybe it's functional. Uh, but I think it's a really good analog with with the Bond because the James Bond series is basically about the world's greatest secret agent who just walks around the place introducing himself to everyone by name. Which is ridiculous. So in the same sense, it's like here's the Secret Service guy, and he is like literally the most obvious you know visible memorable person you could imagine it's actually kind of you know i think a pretty fun playing with the james bond legacy but it's such a it just opens up such a series of peculiar fights i mean like the fight sequences in this and again worth noting is to say wang wang was uh you know practice karate uh was was a legit martial artist uh you know and practiced that and um, so the choreography in this is you know, it involves him like flipping, like grabbing onto people and using, you know, kind of using them to flip up on top of them and kick them and stuff like that. And obviously it's all, you know, kind of like it's staged movie magic, but they think about his height integrated into the action sequences. But again, to say it, it's not like it's not made a joke of like he's it's really something that like Wing Wing belongs in the film. He's done the work. He's physically present in the stunts and in the choreography. He the, the, the only time, honestly, really where they really double him out is the part where they clearly throw a little tiny mannequin off of a hotel roof with a, an umbrella attached to it, which, uh, you know, fair enough that that requires a, a stunt double. Everything else is pretty much just Wang Wang going crazy on screen. Um, and it really it really works. It kind of sells the whole illusion. that This is, you know, a genuine action film with a twist. And uh, I think, you know, that's that's a pretty pretty interesting element and it really brings the whole thing it kind of elevates it that even though we're you know constantly brought into these these different action struggles you say it do, it doesn't really get boring it's always kind of like um 
there's always something new happening. And then, you know, once the fight choreography gets like a little, maybe a little bit tired, he pulls a gadget out, be it like his little, uh, his little gun with, you know, he's got a little, little pistol, but it can be get an extended magazine and a front handle. So it turns into a machine gun or he has a jet pack <laughs> uh, in some of the other films. It's he has like a little rocks. motorbike. You know, yeah, he's he's got just honestly maybe the most weirdly slow scene in the entire film is uh, Agent Double O's briefing where his boss, I guess the M equivalent of of the Filipino Secret Service, kind of painstakingly lays out every gadget he will have for the movie, and there's like seven or eight of them. And he explains them in a really weird around the way. He's like, here's a pen. It doesn't write. Wink, wink. He doesn't even say what they do. He says, eh, here's your gun. It's a little honey of an item. And <laughs> he just moves on to the yeah. next thing. He just holds <laughs> it up. He does not say like, oh, this feature does this. This as, as you know, a Q would. But yeah, he, yeah. he just gets in. And we should even mention probably like his most memorable gadget for me, at least, is he basically gets the equivalent of Odd Jobs bowler hat. Uh, except you know it's it's white it's wang wang sized and he can remote control it with his ring hell yeah he can just a flying flying weapon hat just flying around in front of like yeah there's a scene where the hat's just flying in front of a bunch of henchmen scaring the crap out of them which you know rightly so while he's like twisting his ring in the background having a great time uh magic just pure movie magic i'm just imagining like the crew member who's like holding the hat off of a fishing pole just off camera and then later on, they had to use the same thing for uh, when Wang Wing flies across the, the screen with the jetpack. It's propelled by the wire that's attached to him. Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, it's it's worth noting. I mean, as you probably would have guessed, this is not big budget cinema. Um, at this point no. when this was being made, the, uh, the Philippines was actually the world's second largest film market. Uh, they were producing nearly 300 films a year. They were just churning out films and mostly in kind of Hollywood genre modes. So a lot of Westerns and spy movies and and, and melodrama romances and so on. Um, so they had a very, a very skilled crew uh, set up available. They had, you know, a lot of resources to make the films, but the films themselves cost like 20 bucks. Like they have the look of like, they're just, it's, you know, any given the hotel room chase, like it's not an expensive hotel and it is probably actually a hotel. They shot part of it in, uh, the disco is, is very low fi. Uh, the, the henchmen spend all of their time just sitting in what looked like, honestly, like, like dilapidated doctors waiting rooms. It's just like the only characteristic the room has is that it's enough chairs for like 20 men to sit in just so they're all on scene. So we know there's that many henchmen who then get killed when, when agent double O shows up. It's a, uh, you know, f very uh, efficient filmmaking, I would say. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I'm also I'm I'm obsessed with uh, Wang Wang's interactions with women. Um, I, I think he's completely changed my notion of what sex is or could possibly be. Um, there's there's this he has like a few weird encounters, but uh, one of my favorites is he's, he's with a woman and <laughs> she says, says, Wang Wang, are you a sexual creature? And he goes, I don't know. Shall we undress? <laughs> just, just. What is that? And there, there's another, there's another section too, where a, a scene where a woman 
just says like without without breaking like just one continuous sentence without a breath she goes she just goes oh agent double o you're so cute like a potato and he just goes oh <laughs> like what <laughs> that's she called yeah like a little potato and it's like what like a little what? potato what would you- that's not nice. I mean, yeah, it's weird. All of the, the comments about him that, that you would seem like, that seems cruel, are not delivered in that tone and don't strike that way in the film. It's just a really weird, and I guess it's shoehorning in, like, he's not a romantic character or he wouldn't be. So all no. the women in the film have to be kind of like, there's just something about you. It's kind of like, okay, I, mean, I guess they're both. It's be. like him as an action star. It's it's somehow yeah. believable. He has this magnetic presence on the screen that is undeniable. And I mean, he he knows how to get in his shots too. Cause like there's that scene where he's he's like running from some henchmen and uh he he ends up like jumping out the window with an umbrella and like floating down. Uh but before he jumps out the window, there's a woman just laying in bed because he just kind of like barges into her room to jump yeah. out the window and he stops and he turns around and he plants a big kiss on her and then he jumps out. That's how you do it. And That's you tell real her, James Bond yeah, and shit. And you can tell her world will never be the same again. Like she's a changed woman. That's mm-hmm. oh, this absolutely. Is the kind of movie we're talking about. And also the umbrella he uses to jump out and uses a parachute is also a gun that was used mm-hmm. previously. It's that kind of a movie. It's very cool. And you know... Everything on Wang Wang is pretty small, but there is one big thing. And I know what you're thinking if you're listening right now. Steve's going to say his dick. And I'm not talking about his dick because we don't see it. So I don't know how big that is. I assume it's large. But the one thing we do see is his nipples. And they're like dinner plates. It's <laughs> the biggest nipples. It's I was wondering if those would come up. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> he, he does have some saucers on his chest. <laughs> is it? But he gets he gets him out. He's ready to roll. He's he's ready for it all. Um, God, yeah. What what else to discuss? I feel like the plot. We we we've mostly skipped the plot, but this plot also mostly doesn't matter. It, it is just a series. Around. Good of luck setups. following it. Yeah, yeah I mean. we start off the the scientist who created the end bomb. That's all it's known as. He's kidnapped by Mister Giant. Then he sort of like disappears until like the last fifteen minutes of the movie. Then, like, the middle section concerns itself with, like, the drug smuggling bread problem. Um, and there's this yes. really kooky scene, I guess you could say, where Wang Wang sneaks into the, the bread factory where they're planting the drugs into the dough. And he hides underneath one of the tables that are working. And he takes, like, this lead pipe and he hits one of the goons in, like, the toe. And the guy just does, like, this, oh, ow, ow, oh, ow, 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 for, like, 20 seconds. And it convinces him <laughs> to switch spot, spots in the assembly line with the other guy. Then Wang Wang hits that guy on the toe. He does the same thing. The first guy laughs at him. Then they start, like, smearing dough into each other's faces like it's pie. And then Wang Wang comes up, and he knocks them all out with a pie tray. Th- that scene makes no sense to me, because I assumed what he was going to do when he hit them on the toe was that each guy would think the other guy was stamping on their foot and they'd get yeah. in a fight themselves. I thought that was what was happening. But no, they're just sort of like, ha something is hurting our feet and now let's have fun smearing dough in each other's faces. <laughs> it's a very confusing setup. Uh, but sure. And then, so yeah, and we go for, we go from the drug trade then to... Um, well, and we should mention his his female sidekick is the subject of two or three assassination attempts a week 
because uh, she refused to allow Mr. Giant's crime syndicate to, in her own words, peddle her pretty bod as a prostitute, <laughs> which is, yeah, you know, who doesn't have this problem? So now she says she gets shot at at least two or three times a week, which obviously would be extremely inconvenient. So she joins up with Wang 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 after he, I guess, rescues her from her most recent uh, shooting attempt. Um, and they they run around and they just kick a bunch of people around and then we have I uh, yeah I guess the conclusion is just it's your standard James Bond like storming of the fortress scene but the fortress is just sort of a house it's kind of like a big a big fancy house I guess and he has to scale a wall but yeah all the cavalry come in with machine guns and it's just like a, just a, a slaughter it's just guys running in and just getting mowed down by machine gun fire and Wang yeah. Wang has a little machine gun pistol and it's all cornering in on on a honestly Mr. Giant and honestly I don't even remember if Mr. Giant is caught in this movie I was kind of oh, lost yeah. towards there's the a, end so I was wondering if uh, I, I kind of predicted so there's going to be some sort of twist with Mr. Giant because we don't ever see him until the end he's always just communicating through a mirror to all of his henchmen and then we finally find out at the end naturally Mr. Giant is of course a dwarf uh, he's a bigger dwarf than Wang Wang and they have this like tussle in a kitchen um, and he I completely missed that that was Mr. Giant. I was clearly, oh, yeah. I just like snapped out from, because that's, because we almost forgot that they have an adversary, another little person, and they have a fucking kung fu brawl, because of course they do, which is yeah. cinema. Oh, they have like a whole like knockdown drag out fight in this kitchen, and then uh, like Wang Wang's losing at first, but then he gets the upper hand, and then after he knocks him out, he machine guns him to death. It's a pretty good little death. <laughs> and then, yeah, he runs out. Well, machine his other, there's And there's this other great bit. So then afterwards, they just start killing, like, waves of Mr. Giant's henchmen who are all identified with, like, these red bike helmets. Um, so it's really kind of easy to just see them all get picked off. But there's one really bizarre one, and I guess they only filmed this because there was a pool available. But they, like, they run by this pool, and Wang Wang shoots off screen and then we hear a henchman yell, and then he comes down the water slide into the pool. Like, why did they have to? It's like, oh, hey, there's a slide here. Why don't we shoot a guy falling down the slide? It never establishes that there's a guy up on top of the water slide. It just has a guy fall down the water slide. No, it's like that classic, like, Jackie Chan mode of just, like, environmental storytelling. It's just like, like you say, it was there. Why wouldn't you use it? And they just come up with kind of a purely visual gag related to it and yeah it breaks up the fact that like for the for the rest of this it is mostly just you know six men run on screen there's a machine gun fire and they just all fall over so you know it kind of uh, yeah break it up have one dude pirouette into the water slide down all that <laughs> stuff so um yeah it's uh yeah this covers a lot of bases i mean this really is god this is such a tonic from last episode where we were watching i cannot emphasize and i'm sure if you listen to the episode how just tediously boring okay Conry is and how it seems like it would be fun and it isn't this seems like it would be wild and yet it's it, it is wild but it's very entertaining but it's also strangely like we say just kind of like strangely uh, exhilarating and ebullient in its portrayal of like kind of you worry about exploitation that they're taking advantage of people and the, the real life story I guess the real life elements of Wang Wang it does seem like he was taken advantage of by the producers they didn't really pay him oh, a lot that's some sad uh, shit yeah yeah that's not not a great story on that front unfortunately and it looks like he kind of 
when, when he was making a film with them, they, they'd keep him around and they'd give him, like, he was only getting paid, like, a $500 or something for a movie. You know, when this, and this movie, again, was, like, the biggest selling movie in Filipino movie history. And Wang Wang did not get rich off of it. And there's, there's like, conflicting reports about, like, how he was he was treated, too. Because some, some of the actors and producers that had worked with him were like, oh, they didn't actually pay him anything. And then... Mm-hmm. His his whole relationship with the, the these two producers, this married couple, uh, the Cabalis uh, couple. Uh, what is it? Cabalis, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cora yeah. and Peter, is it? Yeah, something like that. But anyways, this this pro- this producer couple, uh, they're they're kind of like the uh, like the Snyders, you know, in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> so they adopted Wang Wang as a young boy because. I guess like Wang Wang's mother was super poor because his dad passed away. And so she basically sold him to this rich producer couple to be their like laundry boy. And then they were like, we love Wang Wang. He's so cute. Let's make him a film star. And so they just kind of it it almost like the way that the people talked about him it seemed like he was almost kept as like a pet instead of a person. But like Wang Wang, the person seems so amazing. So it's it's very tragic and sad. It is. It's really weird. It's strange because they also and there's conflicting reports about that, too, about um his family is like one surviving brother. And there's a documentary at uh, the search for Wang Wang, which if you if you enjoy this, it's well, it's worth tracking down just to get some of the. It's not maybe the best made documentary, but it kind of, you know, it, it gives some interesting material. And yet there's some discussion with that about how they say they adopted him, but honestly, he mostly lived at his home. They just brought him out whenever they wanted to make a movie. You know, he mm-hmm. kind of lived with them when he was making a movie and then he went back to his his family kind of like uh, broken down house. Um, so and this this really sucks because it's like but it's strange because the exploitation happened in the real world. But the movie itself is. I think strangely empowering in terms of its portrayal of a differently abled person just basically just going out and kicking ass and kind of without the movie making massive dispensations or constantly explaining anything. It just pretty much lays out this dude is two foot nine inches tall and he will fuck your world up. And that's the movie and it just rolls with it. Uh, and there aren't many films like that. And uh, no. it's funny that nowadays where we're kind of in our, you know, very hyper progressive, you know, open minded phase. I don't know if they'd ever let a film like this work this way. Um, and it's kind of a shame in one sense, because honestly, this is kind of great. It's just rip roaring, unapologetic, just a little person massacre. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, who who wouldn't find that just fun and entertaining? Yeah, it really is. It's it's great. And they, they don't make them like this anymore, boys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to see a movie like this ever again. And it's it really is incredible. And, and part of the reason why is, I mean, not just like the, the cheapness and the subject matter and everything about it. But uh, it, Wang Wang is special. As silly as that sounds, like if you watch him on screen, it really it's it's magnetic. It's undeniable. It um, is. No, he's you, a star. You gotta track he this really, movie he down. really is a Genuine star. star. Mm-hmm. Hundred yeah, percent. I was I was kind of curious as to how this film would go because like the first time we see him do anything action related, it shows like this extended take of like this bad guy, uh, you know, gentleman of of normal average male height, uh, like jump down three sets of buildings. 
uh, and like we see him all do it in one unbroken take. And then when Wang Wang goes to jump after him, it kind of he kind of just jumps in the air and then it freeze frames on him. And I was thinking, oh, is it, it like oh, is it gonna like cut away from action? But then no, that was that was kind of like a uh, like a I don't know. A, they pulled a real switcheroo because after that he's like he's getting in there and doing everything. Like he's he like he kicks a guy in the balls and like jumps off of his knee to jump and kick another guy in the chest. And like like he flips over several guys and. Uh, we even see him, like, Jack, you mentioned earlier, like, we see him kind of, like, jump off of this, like, little roof, but, like, there's, he gets, like, an unbroken take of his own, where he climbs up over the side of a fence to jump down on the other side, and, like, the camera doesn't cut away, we just watch him do it all in one solid take, and, yeah, he's, he's just, he's a magnificent screen presence, and he, we haven't even mentioned, like, his wardrobe consists entirely of, like, these white 70s disco suits which uh, it just you know just to add to the uh, the inconspicuous factor of his persona as a secret agent it, you know help him really pop on the screen but yeah wang wang is it's true i i was really wondering you know what would have happened if, like if this took off as a franchise and i was excited to find that there is a sequel that is available to watch uh, elsewhere so I'm, i'll probably be checking that out soon yeah, it's it's a sh- it's a shame. I think uh, like by estimate, there's about maybe ten ish Wang Wang films in total, including films where he wasn't the star, and maybe mm-hmm. about six or so where he is the star. But honestly, I think only like three maybe of those still survive. Maybe three or four, and I'm gonna have to track them down. Um, and yeah, is it with the Incredible Kid is the sequel? Yeah, the Impossible to this one, Kid. I think yeah, the Impossible yeah. Kid. Even yeah, even better, Impossible Kid. Than Incredible. <laughs> for your height only and then the other one that i think it, that, that you can access somewhere i don't i mean i don't know if there's like a home video release but if you dig around on the internet uh the best in the west i think is is around but he's not the lead in that one he's like a little cowboy sidekick guy so yeah it's yeah. like a strange little filipino western that ends with by all accounts one of the most insane showdowns of just a series of group of people you would not expect to find in the same movie uh, looks pretty amazing i'm gonna have to definitely check that one out myself at some point yeah and and this is just a general psa too do not sleep on filipino cinema especially from this era because uh they because of the way that the the government was structured at the time basically uh, the, the whole thing was what if we pumped gazillions of dollars into the Filipino film industry to prop it up uh, and also like instituted martial law and were basically fascist, but uh, the movies. Yeah. So they, they (laughs) pumped a bunch of money into the, yeah, the Marcos touch. (laughs) Everything is bad, but we have cinema. Um, But, but what this did was it, it, there's, there's all kinds of, of shit that came out at the time, but the low budget like rubber suit monster movies and the Filipino action movies from this time period, like what has survived over the years, it's very entertaining and Filipino cinema has a flavor all its own. Like there's, there's not, I I can't think of any real accurate comparison other than if you're watching a Filipino movie, you know, you're watching a Filipino movie. So uh, definitely check out more Filipino cinema. That's, that's my, uh, my advice to anyone listening i think i will after this yeah it's it's kind of an unknown area for me and this was like this was not just you know like a fun diversion this was a genuinely entertaining kind of enlightening film experience i was not expecting this one to work the way it worked uh, and it really was just a very it's just a good damn movie 
Like, yeah, really and it doesn't, is. again, it doesn't feel slimy at all. It's not like you're watching The no. Sinful Dwarf where you're like, I need a shower. Um, this is, <laughs> there, there isn't anything in like the dwarf exploitation 1970s, 1980s subgenre that doesn't feel scummy in some way, shape, or form, except for Wang Wang movies. That's it. So, uh, one of a kind, 100%. What I want to know, though, is... In your James Bond power rankings, out of all the men who have played James Bond, where does Wang Wang fall for you? Wow. Uh, gosh. Um, well, he's been in more Bond movies than Lazenby, technically, if we count his, yeah. own, his own series. So We could all agree that he's better than Lazenby, right? Like, that's, that's, a, that's a, <laughs> a non-negotiable. Like, that's... I mean, Jake, I, I'm, I, I don't want to speak do for you. I do love Lazenby, but I will say that <laughs> Wang Wang comes on screen with a, a lot more ease than the Australian model ever ever could. I'm sorry to say. Okay. He, he may be the star of my favorite, if not one of my favorite Bond films. But uh, yeah, Wang Wang is a... Uh, he just, he's just natural charisma, baby. I mean, this guy is just like sliding around like... I mean, like... I, like I don't even know what. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite a, a clear Bond equivalent. I will say he kills people like a Pierce Brosnan era Bond movie. He's just mm, murdering yeah. left, right, and center. He uses, I mean, throwing knives, guns, machine guns, a blowpipe, a samurai sword. Yeah, like he's just absolute, just a murder machine, just like Pierce Brosnan. Just like scores of people fall to Wang Wang. And, uh, you know, that's, yeah, so um, he honestly might be the most lethal Bond of the lot. I'm not sure any of the real Bonds could have faced off to this guy. He's just, he's just deadly. He's, you know, what what do you do against you with the remote control hat? I, it still occurs to me that, honestly, he only wears the hat in the scenes where he needs it. He does not wear the hat at any other time. No. Oh, you got great hair like Wang Wang. Why are you going to wear yeah. a hat? <laughs> oh, yeah. They do point out the hat's not that stylish. Like when they give it to it, it's like, I know it's not very stylish, but it's a weapon. And it's like, okay, that's useful. <laughs> I also like when, when uh, they hand him the pen. And this is great, too, because like you said, there's, there's this whole scene where he gets like all of his gadgets and stuff. It just goes on. It's the only part of the film that drags, but it drags in a in a good way almost because you're like, why? Why are they doing this? And there's so many gadgets. There's so many. There's all these different things. Like, it's a belt buckle, but it's this and blah, blah, blah. And each one, you're like, okay, okay, okay. And then he gets to the pen. And the pen's amazing because all it is is it's like it's like a little, like, blow gun, blow dart thing, whatever. And it just, like, shoots a dart that kills guys. But it's it's not explained. The guy, the the the, the boss or whatever that's explaining to Wang Wang, like, what, what all of his gadgets do, he just goes, now this pen... This pen will do some things, let me tell you. It'll it'll do a thing or two. It won't write, though. Ha <laughs> ha, we couldn't include that. But it sure will do something. And then he just hands it to him, and Wing Wing's like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> but we, we don't know until he uses it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he like hands him the belt buckle as well. It's like the, the belt buckle, and it's like, there's tools in here. You'll find them very useful. Yep, they'll be good for you in the field. And then just moves <laughs> on. And it's like, what the hell is this? And, well, but, genuinely, yeah, I mean, genuinely... I wondered, had they not decided 
if they were going to like use these things like like we don't know if we're going to have the budget here to shoot whatever we want this to be so let's keep it open-ended and then maybe he uses it maybe he doesn't we're not committing to anything if we want to change what the belt does we'll change what the belt does it's that's no, it's fine <laughs> that's actually that's an interesting theory because yeah i mean it is an interesting scene in that it's like it's an awkward scene because it seems to be building investment for the audience into it which which the gadgets always do in a bond movie but you understand it's it's not what does the gadget do it's when will he use the gadget and why? Mm-hmm. That's usually yeah. what's built in. Whereas in this one, they have literally built in, I just don't even know what this thing is. So it'll be a complete surprise when, when he pulls it out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was, because I, like they, because you know, in a Bond film, he gets like one or two gadgets maybe in a given scene with Q. But yeah, this like lays out six or seven things. And I was generally wondering, are we going to get, to, this movie's really short. Are we going to get to all of these? Uh, but you know, I, me of little faith, we 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 certainly do. All all gadgets get their moment to shine in the film, um, in in wonderful ways. Oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Jack, did you uh, count? Did you count the the swarms of henchmen that are killed at the end? I of this film? I didn't I didn't get a chance to do a full body count for this one, unfortunately, and I I kind of regret it now. Like I I I didn't do it for OK Connery because it was just sort of like the only fatality in that movie is me watching it just dying. Yeah. <laughs> um, this movie, so so it's kind of like oh we'll just see and then watch this movie and he kills so many people. I I would like to get a proper count, but like it's thirty plus. This is like Golden Eye level at least levels of slaughter because he kills a bunch of people and then they have like the base attack at the end where he just kills scores more so uh, i don't have an exact count but like gee yeah it's uh it's funny because when they talk about this movie when the, the distributors talk about it, it's like it was fun the kids love it and it's like is this really a kid's movie and i, yeah, I he, don't know he but. kills like 50 people this has got to be top five percent <laughs> if you count this in with all the james bond movies it's got to be top five percent for murder oh yeah right oh absolutely 100 percent uh no wang wang's a killing machine as we discussed so yeah uh, definitely if you just want to see scores bad guys get theirs this movie delivers in spades mm-hmm. it's great stuff yeah i highly recommend it for me as well i i cannot i i'm so glad we watched this, this made me very happy and uh, i i just want to spread the wealth of the book of wang wang <laughs> that's all i want to do now <laughs> Well, uh, thank you guys for for having me guest on this too. Like oh, Steve, I, I have wanted think to rewatch this forever. Perfect, yes, because you know we, we had you on Moonraker, we had you on The Living Daylights, two of our great episodes. This was this was yeah. something special. We had tucked away just for you. So thank you for joining us. <laughs> only only the special serious stuff for me. I appreciate that. Super super serious serious Bond business. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I guess that wraps it up for for your hide only. Other than that, obviously you should go watch it right now. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. We will return, I guess, with... God, what will we return with, Jake? We're going to have to find something because COVID's still around. We'll find All something. All the Austin Powers. But uh, <laughs> yeah, before we go, I mean, Steve, do you have any uh, social media you want to plug? Uh, yeah, you can you can tweet at me, baby, uh, at, at Steve Cuff if you want to. Uh, you don't have to if you don't want to. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going viral like Jack Eason. Mr. Cool Guy over here. What is, is this? Is this two times in two months? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, There's nothing Twitter cool about going viral on Twitter. You, the dude. You're the you're the Chrissy Teigen of Optimism Vaccine. I mean, uh. <laughs> I went viral on Reddit. I got to the front page with a photo of my grandparents. Oh, so That's I didn't true. even know Jake's that. Grandparents. 
Yeah. Well, uh, you know, as as the only person who is in any way related to this podcast or Optimism Vaccine or anything else that has not gone viral, I just want to say that it's because uh, I'm not a huge fucking dork, so I don't spend all my time on the internet like you guys, so that's why. Um, well, that's, Steve, that's true. We, we want to thank you for giving us the platform to go viral, because we couldn't have done it without you, buddy. Thank you. I invented Twitter. That's true. Um, <laughs> thank you for giving us that hell site you piece of shit yeah you know that's that's how it works um no the the only thing i want to plug is um I'm, I'm starting to to ship off optimism vaccine patreon backer rewards so if you are listening i'm going to do a post on our actual patreon page but uh if you are listening and you want to reach out to us and make sure like i i don't i don't know what your address is um i know what some of your addresses are but so we have the right shipping information optimismvaccine at gmail.com send us your address if you're a patreon subscriber because i need to you know send you a package full of uh of of cinematic joy because that's what we're doing this is month baby this, is this a ploy to offload that copy of sinful dwarf i know you own oh no no i will never get rid of the sinful dwarf you can you don't know <laughs> what you're gonna need to bust that out i feel like it's illegal to send that to someone <laughs> You, you get yourself a, a, a 30 pack of bush light. You're kicking it with the boys and uh, you, you're like, you guys want to watch Sinful Dwarf? They're like, hell yeah. Do you have the uh, the blue balloon? The uh, the other film that the titular <laughs> Sinful Dwarf started? I go, yeah, I do. You guys ready for this? Put well, it on your big 80 inch you TV. wish that there was a, a, a fourth or a fifth Agent Double O adventure where Wang Wang has to infiltrate the Sinful Dwarf Slayer. Oh, to save my the, God. His- God, I wish you would kill that guy. Autism uh, Vaccine Universe. Uh, that's that's the crossover we both need. Both got their creepy dubbed voices battling it out. I've come to Absolutely stop you, Sinful Dwarf. I am going to kill you, Wing Wing. <laughs> I uh, reject all of your girls with heroin. <laughs> They're in my attic. Uh, right, check well, out well, Sinful Dwarf. That, <laughs> yeah, man, check out yeah. the Sinful Dwarf. But... <laughs> Yeah, if you don't know what the Sinful Dwarf is, don't worry. We have an episode that covers that in on almost as much unfortunate detail as the film covers that. And there are a lot of unfortunate details revealed in the film, I can tell you that. that is, um, it's, Jake, it's do you, wonderful. you got anything else? I guess we, you could you can email uh, Optimism Vaccine if you enjoyed this episode. Uh, it's it's op- optimismvaccine at gmail.com. Have I got that right? You got it right. And that's, that's where our Patreon subscribers are going to throw me their address and make sure I got the right one. Otherwise, I'm going to send like a random DVD to some house that you don't live in anymore. And that's weird for you or probably the person that lives <laughs> and, there and for and a lot of people. Occupant. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. if I send them like a copy of Let My Puppets Come or something. <laughs> yeah, you. so you could send us uh, emails there. Uh, Adam Iros is always uh, just hit and refresh, as we discussed. He doesn't have much else going on. No, So he's, he's inoculated now, actually. So he can do it at a Starbucks or just outside of the house <laughs> if he feels the need, or he can just stay indoors and hit that refresh button. But yeah, drop us a line. Tell us what you know. If you have any suggestions for Bond-adjacent cinema, you know, we'll entertain them. Certainly, we're doing some research. We're digging up some titles. But, you know, maybe you've got one you'd like us to, to, to cover. So, uh let us know. So uh, after that, Jake, uh, I'll give you the final word, as always. Yeah, well, thank you, Jack. The For Your Ears Only podcast will return with something else. 